Eddie, get that motherfucking dog away from my plate. I'm gonna shoot this dog. I'm gonna shoot the motherfucker. Shut up. I'm gonna shoot it. Stop crying. Stop crying, Eddie, because you can get the fuck out. You can get the fuck. I know you're seven. I know you're seven. But you'll be a seven-year-old walking the dog, no house motherfucker. You know what it is? Because it's mine, motherfucker. I hate this motherfucking dog. Because you ask it for the dog, you don't spend time with the dog, Eddie. You don't feed the motherfucker. You don't pet it. You don't even know what the fuck the dog's name is anymore, do you? The dog don't give a fuck. He don't know his name. The dog is three years old. Don't know his name. Watch this. Coco, where the fuck is he going? The dog's stupid because you don't spend time with the motherfucker. And I'm supposed to work hard all day. I come home and feed the motherfucking dog. Fuck no, I'm not feeding the motherfucker. You know what I do? When nobody's home, nobody's home, you know what I do? I go up to the dog and I kick the motherfucker. I kick the motherfucker with everything I got, Eddie. And then I giggle my motherfucking ass off. Because I hate the motherfucker. Because you don't clean up behind it. Why can't you clean up the motherfucking... This ain't Scooby-Doo, motherfucker. Can't you clean the dog? The dog shits all over the house. If no one tells you, Eddie, you don't clean the shit. You let the shit stay forever. It's shit that's been in the den for six months, Eddie. It's been in the den for six months. Your kids go past it, you act like you don't see it. And unless you're told, you won't clean the shit. The shit is hard as a rock now. It's like motherfucking furniture in there. I went in last week to watch the fights. I said, fuck it. I put my drink on top of it, Eddie. It's a coffee table now. Why can't you clean up shit? My friends come over and say, oh, that's lovely. I say, that's not lovely, it's a piece of shit. Because <laughs> my children don't listen. Happy Halloween from the Sin Beef Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Gary Hill, and uh, we are all alone tonight, me and Suzanne. She is here. How you doing, Suzanne? I'm, I'm, I'm doing okay. Looking forward to Halloween, and uh, things, things are okay. Cool. Oh, man, I'll, I'll start the same way uh, I start every show. We start every show. And ask Suzanne what she been watching lately. Oh, wow. Well, Nudie and I got to watch two movies for the bloody bits. Nice. And one of them was Apartment 212. I've heard a lot of great things about it. I was a little excited to see it. And it was just one of those movies. Most people really like it. It just wasn't for me. I mean, I I don't know. There was just something. The, the musical choices seemed way off, and it completely took it it took me out of the movie and there were a few scenes that made no sense to me. So I just really didn't, didn't get into that one. But the second movie is called terrified and that's on shutter. And this movie is fucking scary. 
I watched this. Horror movie rules applied. Lights out, full dark. And this is an interesting take on hauntings. Nice. It just it kind of it takes place around a group of houses and it's it's Argentinian, so it's subtitled. And me, I don't mind subtitles at all, but make sure you have your pause button because they were flying by a little a little too fast in the beginning, especially when they're breaking down kind of what's going on. So you have your pause button handy, but this movie was fucking scary. I mean, I'm not just not just it was scary. Now this movie was fucking scary. I there was a few scenes that made me I mean my hair stood up and you know you get that like kind of cold feeling go through your body when you see something that is genuinely scary and this movie pretty much did it all so let's see what else I watched kind of off you know the horror path but watched Hotel Transylvania 3 it was cute you know, I, I, I like the characters. Was it as good as the other ones? No. Was I entertained for an hour and a half? Completely. That's, that's what I hear. I've, um, what do you call it? Um, Will from the Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema was on our show before. He uh, has two adolescent boys, and he says that they're for him and for, for them. So he seemed to enjoy all three of them as well. So I, I got to get I never watched any of them. I got to get on that, I guess. Yeah, they're they're just they're they're cute, they're fun. You know, like I said, the first one's great. The second one's really good. The third one's good. I find what works for for these animated features, you know, that are supposed to be geared towards kids but have little stuff in there for the adults, is the little in jokes that the adults are going to get, but the kids aren't going to really get. And yeah, uh, I, I I'd imagine this pulls it off. Shrek pulled it off pretty pretty well, at least in the first or in second movies. Oh that, yeah, there's 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 little things like that in there, but it's just they're 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 cute little movies. And like I said I was running around so much this weekend, I barely had time to catch up on my normal TV shows. Mm-hmm. And you know, watching The Big Bang Theory is <laughs> last season and this season is literally wa- like watching the deathbed because the jokes aren't landing anymore and it's just not that funny anymore. They haven't landed in years for me. <laughs> I stopped watching and, you know, you know how I feel about me and Bialik. Uh, and I'll get into that later in, uh, in my beef section. Because <laughs> she said something stupid again. People that drove me nuts, so here we go. Uh, oh, else, yeah. No, like I said, just keeping up on the standard shows, you know, Forged in Fire, Invitational Tournament. Knife or Death, nine one one, shit like that. But yeah, those are those are the two standouts for me this week, and I am so excited to see Summer of eighty four on Shutter. Hopefully, I will have time at some point over the week to actually watch it. Okay, it's there. Yeah, here, and I hear um, the third act is probably the best part of the whole movie from tons of people. So yeah, I'm excited to see it. I've I've heard a lot about it, and I'm just I'm kind of excited to see it. Nostalgia boom! Yay! No. Yeah, we'll see if it hits or misses because I I've noticed with the nostalgia stuff lately, it's just not been hitting. If you haven't watched The Boys in the Trees yet on Netflix, you you want to watch a like a '90s nostalgia movie, kind of, but it doesn't slam me in the head with it. Uh, I'd recommend watching The Boys in the Trees, but uh, f- uh, clear warning. It's going to hit you in the feels at the end, because 
something that's kind of telegraphed happens, and when you get the reveal, it's like, yeah, it, it's, I feel kind of sad now, you know? <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll check it out after I finish a lot of other series I'm watching. It is a great film, though. I'd recommend it as far as, Oh, like, I thought it was a series. No, it's a film. It's, it's, it's a good... <laughs> It's about eighty pages. No, it's about it's about probably an hour and forty minutes or so. I don't remember how long it is. I watched All right. it long ago, but I know that that film did it well. So there's there's that. Oh, awesome! Thanks, Gary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have been watching stuff, uh, normal TV stuff, but I've been watching a lot of horror films. Uh, some I've seen, some are rewatches. Uh, stuff like the people under the stairs, which I found was the funniest viewing. Ever so, it was totally worth my time to watch it again because I I noticed stuff that is just fucking hilarious, like the whole the whole dichotomy between man and he doesn't have a name. It's just man, Everett McGill and fool is just crazy because the the back and forth between them and the back and forth between man and Roach in the movie it's it's Tom and Jerry and that's all it is. And the sooner you you realize that, you realize how much you know. Minus the, 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 you know, the, the, um, gentrification of the ghetto area and, you know, all that reality about that stuff. Minus that, it's the funniest thing you'll watch all day. It's just those people going at it and w- Wendy Roby just screaming at her, 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 reveal, her brother, not her husband, but she calls him daddy, which is, oh, which is creepy in itself, you know. But, uh, you, re- you realize that it's just Tom and Jerry just personified that Wes Craven was doing? It's just really funny. A lot of parts of that movie. I um, haven't watched that since it. I rented it when it came out, and I did not like it. I mean, I was expecting something a lot different, but I do own a copy of it. It came on a a two for disc with Shocker. So either way, I'm fifty percent happy. Yeah, well, Shocker's good. Shocker's different. I love Shocker. We'll way do, more we'll, than I should. We'll do that one day in a very telegraph show with Fallen. That that'll that'll be a thing because they're about the same movie. Or the ones. horror show. Or the horror show. Yeah, the horror show's a thing. But I haven't watched Fallen in a long time. I remember liking it quite a bit. There's not a whole lot of Denzel movies that I enjoy. Oh, I do love Fa- Fallen. Is probably my favorite Denzel movie and one of my favorite low-key supernatural movie this is just a great fucking movie i usually like the silly ones like virtuosity <laughs> which i still enjoy still one of my favorite russell crowe performances ever is still virtuosity S- some people can pull off a green suit and he can pull it off real well you know <laughs> i haven't watched that in years oh, that's amazing it's, it's amazingly dated and bad but goddamn enjoyable because russell crowe is so great in it and uh um I did not watch Virtuosity, but I wanted to. I'll, I'll, I'll rectify that. I watched I watched Dawn of the Dead remake, and that's I haven't watched in a long time for for good reason because I think it's okay, but at the end of the day, it is a Zack Snyder film, so it's just go 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 go. And which characters that you can give a fuck about throughout the, is littered throughout this fucking movie. There might be like two characters I give a shit about. Okay, all I th- whenever I think of that movie, I only think of one thing. Huh. Zombie Baby. Zombie Baby, which looks fucking stupid, you know. That was fucking stupid. At least when Z Nation does it, it's done for comedy, you know. <laughs> so it's there, you know. The little, little zombie baby running across the field. 
you know. But this one, I, I mean, um, what's Sarah Polly? Is what's that? What's the main actress's name? Sarah Polly. Sarah Polly. You care about her. You care about Matt Fur. Matt, I always fuck up his name. The, that that guy from Max Headroom and uh, and everything else. Matt, Matt Fur. Matt Fur. You care about him, but he gets headshot off because he's gonna be a zombie. Spoilers. And then you care about <laughs> and then you care about like the the lady that's like the the one people that that brought them people to the mall. You care about her, but not many other people because even like the the nice girl. It's like yeah, she seems so nice and saccharine, but then she's getting plowed by the security guard. And she's all like, I guess I'm a whore now. It's just no, it's just not a good movie. People will kiss kiss his ass like. It's like, I've never understood the love for this movie. I think it's it's just it's it's cheap thrills. People There's know. no substance. It's also a better movie than Dawn of the Dead remake, Cheap Thrills, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's 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 nothing. It has it, it's kind of like that Rollerball remake. It takes it takes the concept of Rollerball. It takes the concept of Dawn of the Dead and just sucks the soul out of it. It just yeah. it just does that. And in Dawn of the Dead, you had four characters who you got to know, and you 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 were upset, but one of them died or was dying. I, well, I mean, I, I, Roger. That they all had to work together. You know, they were like one watching each other's backs, and they all provided a service to the group. And they, In this one, it's just so scattered. There's no there, and like I said, there's way too many characters in it. So, and you're right about that. You just don't give a fuck. You got Douchebag, who plays the dad of Modern Family now. You got Mackay Pfeiffer, who's just this ghetto asshole who you can care less about. Ving Rhames, too. Ving Rhames is in there. You, you kind of care about him. You kind of care about the other guy at the other side of the building. So I give you like six characters that you can care about this entire film. But you don't get to spend that time with them like you do in the original. No, because it's... You just boom, 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 done. You know, they're, they're living in the mall for a long time. This is, like, very, like, you know, okay, this takes place maybe over a couple of weeks. Whereas the time in the original one takes place over a couple of months. I can go apples to oranges all day long, especially with Willis, because Willis say, oh, they got that dumb pie-throwing scene in there, yada, yada, fuck, fuck, fuck. Like, that's one part of the movie. What about the rest of the movie? You know... What what about the, 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 the parts where they're they're moving the trucks and they're 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 talking to them through the radio? That wasn't written for them. Those were actors you know, putting on a show for you. You know, and ad libbing that stuff and you know, the whole thing about, you know, I didn't know I was I forget the line, but <laughs> Ken Furry does a line in in uh in the truck movement series, something like I didn't know I was joining the midget army or something like that, referring to, to his height. And you could tell that they were like buddies. And for yeah. a long time, and he kind of had you had that concept. This one, nobody knew anybody, it, and it, it plays real dumb. It just proves why Zack Snyder is it's highly stylized and fun, but there ain't no heart in it. You you can't you can't compare the two. You you just can't. Not yeah. even fucking remotely. Not even close. I mean, Day of the Dead is still the last half an hour of that film is still the best zombie carnage ever captured on film. Hell yeah. Once the zombies come down from the elevator, they all they invade the camp. There's not many of them left, so it's really easy for them to collect and maul people and rip people's bodies apart and show it all on screen. This is just CG trash. At least, <laughs> at least with Zombie, they had something to laugh at. 
So, people, you know, can say, oh, Zombieland is the same thing. Yeah, but at least I'm laughing during Zombieland. Yeah. You know, it's likable characters doing stuff. This is just hot trash. I, I, I not, 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 no, not, I, w- I wouldn't, I wouldn't go back to it if I didn't like it. But compared to the first one, the way people talk about, discount the first one, you know, really bothers me. <laughs> it really does, because it's just not the same at all. If you put if you put both both films in front of me and said, which one do you want to watch? Is that a trick question? Because yeah, my answer is going to be Romero's one every time. It's not like when they remade Night of the Living Dead and Romero wrote the screenplay. So you said, you know what, this movie's better than the other one, which I think it is. You don't feel too bad saying that at the end of the day because Romero wrote it, so his vision and in the writing stance is on screen, just executed by Tom Savini, and. The characters are more fleshed out. That's how you improve a film on a remake. I love the original Night of the Living Dead. I'll never, I'll never hate it. But I'm one of those people that believe that the remake is better. It just is. I have to revisit that remake. You have accomplished actors. You know, the, there there were a lot of amateurs. It was like amateur hour in, in the 68 Night of the Living Dead. Whereas in the new one, you had Tony Todd there. You had Tom Towles just going, combating with each other. You know, and it was kind of wonderful. And, you know, Barbara's a badass. You know, they, they really fleshed out their character. Not saying, oh, Johnny has the keys and I'm going to sit on the couch for most of this movie and, you know, talk about. And they just kept clawing at us and clawing at us or whatever the fuck she was saying. Like, no, Barbara's a badass now and I got to love it. You know, it's it's a, uh, uh, no. But what, what else did I watch? I, I, I'm, 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 I'm going crazy here. I watch Trick or Treat because it's Trick or Treat and it's Halloween time. I don't need to explain that. But Which wa- Trick or Treat? Oh, no, I didn't watch Trick or Treat yet. I, I watched watched Sammy Kerr, Trick or Treat. Hells yeah. And then right after, I watched Black Roses because it was the next logical step. <laughs> well, well, yeah. No, I watch Trick or Treat every Halloween. So I'm, Wednesday night, I get to watch Trick or Treat. I don't take Trick or Treat seriously, but then you watch Black Roses. It's just bonkers. I love Trick or Treat. I love the soundtrack. What Black Roses does, it just, it just, it just wears its stupidity on its sleeve. Because right at the beginning, if you've ever seen Black Roses audience, and you should, it lets you know a minute into the film that this is a fucking goblin band and they have supernatural powers. Oh all, yeah. All while while they're mouthing the lyrics to, to Lizzie Borden, "This is me against the world." And Isn't this the one with Thor in it? No, John Thor is in Rock and Roll Nightmare, which is probably okay. something I'll watch too, because that's nuts. I couldn't, I get those two, I just constantly interchange with one another. Both have, both have really gnarly puppets in them, and, uh, but the one, <laughs> the one at the end of Rock and Roll Nightmare is, is like a real shit show, but you gotta love it, because John Thor rips off whatever shirt he's wearing, just to reveal his rippling muscles, and like, I'm gonna fight a demon, and the demon's like this thing, like you know you watch the Muppet Show, you see the little stick that's holding up Kermit the Frog's hand. That's all <laughs> over this. That's, that's all over this fucking demon, and it looks great, but it was it's poorly executed, and I think they know it, but it's just so fun and stupid to watch. Oh my god, Rock and Roll Nightmare! I I need to revisit you real soon. Uh, yeah, I do too. Um, just a few more. I watch. Reanimator, which I love. Tried to rewatch Bride of Reanimator, which I think is a pretty 
not very good. I, I, I like Beyond Reanimator better than Rider Reanimator. That's just... It's just more fun. They have a reanimated dick walking around that movie. It's hilarious. You know? I, you know, I've only seen the first one. I've never watched any of the sequels. Well, it's the first one is the first one. You know what that is. The second one, Dr. West is, is back with, um... What's... I forget Bruce uh, Bruce Abbott's name now for some reason. It's it's really, like, daunting on me. They're in, like, South America. And they come back to the States again to where they're going to build a woman uh, using, um... Megan Halsey's Barbara Crampton's heart as as like the thing that's 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 what keeps the Bruce Abbott character in the game is they're they're gonna use her heart to create this creature and then Doctor Hill's back somehow his head is doing stuff and it's 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 just not very good. God bless Brian Yosna, but it's just not very good. And Beyond Reanimator, Herbert West is finally in jail and he finds new ways to do his his dirty work in jail. By using the prisoners to do stuff, and it's just stupid and fun, and I I I recommend Beyond Reanimator over Bride any any day of the week, uh, just because the stupidity and fun of it. It's it's really funny. Um, what else? There's there's stuff. Oh, I, I'll talk about this a little bit because I'm we're gonna do like a a special for this. Uh, maybe recording this weekend, depending on who I can get. I know Bo was talking about he may be able to, be able to finish it. I started watching the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, Sabrina on Netflix, and that's that's awesome. If if you guys want to watch a show, that's like I think David Anders a Jr. Uh, described it the best. It's kind of like a Buffy f- for this new generation, with your uh, your titular Sabrina, this this half mortal, half witch who uh, has to come to terms with her own witchiness and but have a real life at the same time. But that's the teenage you know part of it. But then you got this whole underbelly of darkness, which is kind of great. The ants going at it with each other, and Daniel Webster shows up as it doing stuff, and somebody gets impaled by a pair of scissors not long before this when the season starts, and it is it is dark, and I, I appreciate that, and I, I recommend recommend anybody who's a, a horror fan to check it out because it's not boring. It's it's actually pretty great. Uh, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Look for uh, our season one overview, much like we did with Cobra Kai on uh, the Legion feed. Here uh, should be coming sooner rather than later. Like I was mentioning, that Bo might be involved, and whoever else is watching may be involved. Maybe three, good, good, three or four people. We'll see what happens. But um, it's about the gist of what I've been watching, and you know, tearing down other films. So I'm gonna. That was a fine what you've been watching segment, and uh, I'm gonna k- kick it. Uh, now to that segment that we all know and love, known as the Beef Bitches and Mashed Potatoes. Okay, who gets the burly uh, beef? I ordered barbecue beef. I think that's mine, but I didn't who order fries. Who gets the beef? Mine's the Duke Deluxe. Okay, who gets the burly beef? I heard that. Suzanne. What's your beef, girl? You'd be surprised. I really don't have much other than the eight-page adoption form that crashed. Yeah, trying to get that happening with the, with the new puppy. So, yeah, there's an adoption event. I found my local no-kill shelter. I've got several people, including you, keeping an eye out for me. Yes, I am. I got to spend most of my weekend with various different groups of friends and that was just that was a lot of fun you know i 
I, I have to admit, I do. I have different groups of friends that I do different things with. So I got to hang out with all three of those groups. That's good. And this girl I met at Christopher's one night, her and her husband just moved to Westchester. So she'll ask me for information about stuff. So I hooked her up with a couple of the local pages and she was she was so thankful because she's like, oh, my God, I've, I've, I found this out and I found that out. I'm like, I'm really, really glad I could help you. So I've been very helpful. I don't have a lot to bitch about. And just I just really hope I can find that perfect puppy that needs a good home. Yeah, I hope you do, too. I really do. Oh, my God. Um, so what is your bitch, sir? Oh, I'm upset about a lot of things, but mostly, you know, pe- people getting shot again is is really on my mind at this point. Um, they had that Pittsburgh shooting um, at, the, at the synagogue, and and uh, this upset me. Not the fact for the fact that pe- people got shot. That's very upsetting, and they shot and killed one of which was a 97 year old Holocaust survivor. But you know, I think I think personally, out of all the things that have, have happened in, in this. This really big bad world, uh, the Holocaust is 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 the worst of the worst, and still feeling the effects today. I mean, there's a reason why they have lists of Nazi war criminals, and they're still very much after them, is because these these are the scummiest of the scum of the earth people, and I, I, these are actual Nazis, not what people call Nazis in the media or Nazis on social media, and. and uh, it's 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 upsetting that there's a story and I forget the rabbi's name, but there's some kind of supreme rabbi of some kind. I don't follow Jewish rhetoric, so I do not know what his title is. <clears throat> but this guy is trying to, to to wear down the fact that since they weren't in an uh, I guess an official synagogue, this was like I think this is one of those churches that was a synagogue, but it allowed other faiths to come and worship there. I, I, there's a couple of churches like that here. Or one of which was an actual synagogue, but now it's what they call an um, oh, what are they, like an open world church or something they call it, which is fine. I, I kind of oh, love that. Oh, there's a few of them around here too. But it's it's the fact that it wasn't an original uh, an, an official synagogue that he didn't seem to be recognizing that uh, that these people were were Jewish and that they were dead and that this woman who survived the Holocaust at not who's ninety seven was was killed and. Yeah, I never see these people, like, complaining about this kind of thing as far as, like, oh, you know, we deserve reparations for the Holocaust. Yeah, yeah, I don't see them with their hands out, but nothing like that. No, they don't They don't complain. They just they just deal with a real horrific situation, and they, they lived through that and lived lived with it for all of their life. If you're, if you're 97 years old, for, for, for most of your life. And, um... For this I am fucking so, ass, this fucking I'm really prick. surprised I did not. I read about it, but I don't remember seeing any mention of that. Were they really trying to downplay that? It's 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 it, it didn't say that, but you know what? It it, it really it really felt like that. That that the Simpson wasn't an official. I guess what what he what he felt was an official house of worship, and I've heard, you know, other other Jewish people. Who who are really they're not all like this, but I've I've heard you know some of the more upper crust ones that have a lot of money, they're being really pious about what a Jew really is and what's important about being a Jew, and this guy seems like one of those fucks that just is insensitive. 
and it's wrong. And, and I think that um, he, he should really question his faith as far as whatever it is. I'm, I'm not a religious person. I, I, I believe that, and I'm, I'm so happy that California released the names of those priests that are abusing those kids. Because I think yep. in the end, in the end, they're going to go where they're going to go. They're not going to go where they think they're going to go. So it's just, it's, it's, it's a, if, you, if you believe in that sort of thing, I, I, was, I was raised in, in the Baptist church for like the first, first 14 years of my life. Did the whole thing. When I turned 15, I decided it wasn't for me anymore. So I stopped going. You know, it's, it's a choice, you know. Yeah, my mom was always of the opinion. She wouldn't mind if I went to church, if I'd spend the night at my friend's house. But she said religion was all up to me and to make my own decisions and have my own ideas about it. And I am as anti-religious as they come. Well, you have those I, kinds of people who, who have who have many, you know, parishioners behind them that, you know, they believe what they say. They're, when, you, when you have a pastor or a rabbi or, or whatever, the equivalent of like a Buddhist monk or whatever religion you are, when you have one of those, you have a certain trust and a certain following behind that person. So when they say some shit like that, and I, I, I can't stand it, man. And one of the main reasons why I stopped going to church is because of people like that, because of church people who are judgmental, and piggish about it, and I, I, I can't stand it. I can't stand people like that. And if I the hear it, hypocritical assholes. Just you know, I can't stand it because I don't think, I don't think your Lord and Savior much be that hateful. I, I don't think it is, unless you know you have a man who goes into a synagogue who who spouts up at the mouth about death to all Jews or something. Whatever the man said, I don't even want to say his name, let alone what he said. But it was somewhere along those lines, and shoots at a lot of people. You 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 should really be there to embrace your people and not not judge them about what church they go to. That makes no fucking sense to me whatsoever. So if if, if you feel a different way about this, you know you're you're not my friend, okay? For for one thing, I I, I just I can't stand the the judgment and the people that that do that kind of thing, that act like that, that want to be like that, that that think that things are a certain way, and that's all there is. No. If you look at the Catholic Church now, we have a Pope that's very progressive, and I and I applaud that. Do I do I like the Catholic Church? No, but I I applaud his his progression in saying, you know what, we are in the twenty first century, and things are a little different now, you know. And and this this bitch again, uh, this 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 me and Viala character, uh, Suzanne, me and Suzanne were talking off air about how much hate, how much the Big Bang Theory is letting her down, even 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 in the last season of the show. Uh, she she has a website uh, known as Grok Nation. If you guys want to go hear her scribblings about her uh, mixed emotions, and <clears throat> this this goes on the way you know the, the media you know perceives tragedies like this. So you could blame this one, you could blame that one. At the end of the day, it's it's an asshole, a hateful asshole with a gun that did this. You know, you, you can say, oh, what what political party was he in? Yada, yada, yada. Don't over That should not have any bearing on it, but you're, you're, our you're, country you're, is so completely fucking divided by that now. You're overanalyzing it, okay? Sometimes people are just hateful people, and they, they, they act on certain things like that, and you, you, unless it comes out to say, that, and, and it will, anything, you'll find out that this guy wiped his ass sideways, that he, he must be a Democrat, or, you know, yada, yada, yada. And or, or Republican, whatever. I don't care. <clears throat> the point is, you know, 
people died and people should be, you know, especially in, in their own religion, who's is supposed to be a church, you know, is, is it, 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 in the, I'm, I'm using your quotes here in theory it's supposed to be a place that is supposed to embrace you and welcome you and, you know what, help you with the best they can in your time of need as far as, like, gee, I need somebody to talk to you. Maybe I'll go talk to my pastor. You know, when you got people like this who who, who seem, you know, higher than everybody else in, in the fact that they're so full of themselves that they can't take a second out of their own bullshit, step out of their own bullshit shell and say, you know, this is a major tragedy. Maybe I should look, you know, even if I feel this way, maybe I should look beside that and go embrace my people. Then you, you shouldn't be doing, you shouldn't be in the seat that you are. You shouldn't, you shouldn't be, at, you know, at, at the high holidays doing, 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 like I said, I'm not, I don't, I'm not a religious person. I don't know what they do on these high holidays all the way. I have, a, I have a coworker who's Jewish. So if I see a Jewish holiday coming up, I'll say, you know, uh, I hope your Yom Kippur goes well. You know, and he'll tell me about stuff like that. But the fact that this this person is a person you're supposed to trust, and a person you're supposed to 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 cherish in a way, as far as this person you're supposed to look up to, and he he acts like this. I I, I hope that you know his pressures look the other way, and then and that that they, they leave his church, and I I doubt that'll hurt him there. You know, <laughs> gotta love that church. Bottom line, just ask Joel Austin; he'll tell you all about it. But uh. I doubt it'll hurt their bottom line, but the fact that that that, that they you have people that will hopefully leave his church just for the fact that this is a tragedy and he 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 reacted the wrong way about it, I think it'd be a real detriment to their people. Because why would you stay at that point? I I don't see why you would stay if this guy is as piggish as he is. He really is. It's just I'm, I'm gonna leave it at that though. But bless those people. I mean, people people talked about you know the, the pipe bomb thing being delivered in the mail. I hate to break it to you guys. Nobody died since 2012 since the guy that was doing this. I, I don't want to, you know, sugarcoat it. It's a bad thing. But you know what? You got a tragedy that happens right there that, that's really brushed under the rug by saying, hey, look, this guy's got CNN and Trump stickers all over his van. Look look at what, look at what political party he's going for. And as something like this happens, I, I, I'm just gonna gonna leave it at that. That you should really question your 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 qualities as a person too, as if if you think that one story is more important than the other one. When in one story, people got hurt, in the other story, people did not get hurt. They didn't give a fuck what what Bobby D has has a bomb delivered to his his restaurant that it's not gonna explode, just to get just to get that name in the paper, because that guy was just trying to get his name in the paper. That's all that guy was trying to do. That's why he was delivering two of the Obamas and to the Clintons and to Robert De Niro and probably other known Republican, other known Democrats, because it just it just seems really convenient for me that we're going into this midterm election, we're going to our local elections, and this is happening right now. So this is what's getting all the media coverage. So the way this sounds like a psychosomatic podcast, and I apologize, people, that this is this is really Darren's show, Darren Darren goes off on this stuff and my lovely Friday the 13th the fellows go off on this stuff and I love and respect them for that but the way that I perceive media I work with newspapers every day I hate to read them I hate to read them because it's just the same it's it's almost like you, you look at a paper and there's words in there that are like put there intentionally I, I don't I don't know if this is true or not but I like to think it is 
like let's say like uh some political person they don't like, I'm not gonna name any names, and they put the word Fuhrer in there, F U R O R. People are gonna oh, think God. Oh, oh they do it all the time. Nazi, not Nazi, you see what he did there? You see what they, the word they put there? They're like trigger words for stupid people that don't read the article. They'll read the byline, but they won't read the article. Just to say, hey, look, look what they did there. Just like we have a local guy in, in Illinois, J.B. Pritzer, who some assholes who worked at his political campaign decided it'd be a good idea to put on a J.B. Pritzer shirt and to put themselves in blackface and put it on, in, in, on Instagram. And Jesus. Right, right before the midterm, right before the local elections, they just dropped this and like, hey, you know what would be funny? If we got in blackface and put ourselves on Instagram wearing a J.B. Pritzker shirt, it's like, no, you're not You're not helping that man. You're, you're hurting that man intentionally. And, you know, people forget about the issues then. Like, well, you know, the problem what? with, you know, any Illinois representative, governor, whatever, I just want the one that's going to keep most of his hand out of my pocket. Cause well, that's, that's, a, that's impossible, <laughs> you know. Oh, I know. I just, I, whoever's going to put their hand in my pocket the least, because I know they're going to fucking steal from me. They got to they trim that fat, man. They don't need that many aldermen in Chicago. They, they don't need that many aldermen. It's just, uh, it's impossible. I'm, I'm going to leave the political shit here. Yep, that's I'm gonna probably leave a good it, idea. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to leave it on the table. You guys can interpret it any way you want to. I'm sure I'll get some, some hate mail for belittling the, the pipe bombs that didn't go off. But, um... It's not a Boston Marathon situation, people. It's it's just not. There's there's no tragedy here. There's only a prevention of a tragedy that probably wouldn't have happened anyway. You know, as far as like them these pipe bombs that need to be lit going off. No, it it, it doesn't work like that. Um, I'm gonna leave that here because we're doing this show is a whole other has a whole other purpose besides you know my own political ramblings and my own insecurities. Uh, J, um, Suzanne lost friend. Uh. Dagon, Daggy, as as we, we we would call him, uh, big loving walking carpet of a boy, <laughs> an old boy. Suzanne misses him dearly, so I said, you know what, we're gonna do a goddamn tribute show for our for our fallen hero, Daggy, called Daggy's Disciples, and we're gonna do Zoltan, Dracula's dog, which is curated by the witch uh, from the Witch versus the Doomsday Clock. Thank you very much, sir, for giving us the film. Thank you. And, yes, sir, and a uh, devil dog, hound of hell. Uh, the, the the awesome, weird, perverted, seventies TV movie. <laughs> it is very perverted, people. We're gonna get into that real soon. But uh, since, <clears throat> since these shows are these these movies are both absolute dog crazy batshit crazy. I almost said dog shit because that that would, <laughs> that would assume that they were bad movies, but they're not. These are fun movies until I get to the end of the one that I feel real sad. Uh, we'll start with Zoltan, Hound of Dracula. Dracula's dog, or Dracula's dog, I'm sorry. Zoltan, Zoltan Dracula's dog, right after this. Hello, and welcome to Hello, This is the Doom Show. I'm Richard. And I hate the burning. Shh, who are you? Speak. <laughs> and I'm Brad. She came in and said, bark, 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 and he said, bark, 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 and she said, bark, 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 that's what I got. One is the Suspiria boner, the other is the Inferno boner. <laughs> which, anyway. Which one is crying? <laughs> the boner of tears. <laughs> Hello, this is the Doomed Show, is available on Hello Doomed Show. 
www.podomatic.com and doomedmoviethon.com. Hello, hello, this is the Doom Show. Richard, Brad, Jeffrey, Nava. It's the Doom Show. Hello, hello, this is the Doom Show. Slashers, G.I. Low and Horror. Right now, Michael Drake hasn't a care in the world. He's off on a camping holiday in California with his wife and two children, plus two dogs and a litter of puppies. What Drake doesn't know is that there are skeletons in his family closet and the bones are about to start rattling with a vengeance. You see, his name isn't really Drake. In the old country, it's pronounced Dracula. I'll tell you one thing, if what you say is true, you're gonna make a lot of money. No? Yeah, I'm going to sue all those people who've been making Dracula pictures without my permission. A very funny joke, Mr. Drake. But that is exactly the point. You are the only direct descendant. Don't forget, he wants your blood. the living dead they come in the night thirsting for human blood led by the most terrifying creature that ever walked the earth sultan hound of dracula what's that don't move a nice doggy, but before you pet it, take a good look. It might be a friend of Zoltan, Hound of Dracula. Zoltan, Dracula's dog. Uh, your cheaper plot synopsis is this. Russian soldiers accidentally unleashed the servant of Dracula, as well as his dog, during excavations of Romania. Together they set out for America to find the last descendant of the great Count uh... It's a lot of people I don't know in here, as far as, like, actors go. But I'm going to call the one guy not Peter Cushing, because this one, the guy who plays the Count in the movie, 
Who is, uh, I have to find the actor's name now. Oh, damn it. Uh, M- Michael Pataki. Yeah, that guy l- looks looks a lot like Peter Cushing, but it's not Peter Cushing. But, uh, <laughs> I believe it that. This is directed by, by Daddy Band. Albert Band uh, directed this movie. Probably one of his last directorial efforts, because I think he didn't go too far into the 80s. I think he, he let it off to his sons at that point. Uh, of course, Charles Band and Richard Band, the composer. You know, I, I'm thinking like because I remember hearing stories of Charles Band telling that they would make like like make their own movies in like the backyard. They had all the camera equipment, so they would make their own movies. That's how they basically got their start was through their father, who was who worked in the the 70s. I want to say in the 60s too, just making low budget stuff. Uh the star the star of this film. <laughs> It is Dracula's dog because I love the way this film goes and until you get like to the, like the last act because I get really sad. But uh, I'll, I'll ask Suzanne first what she thought of Dracula's dog and uh, go girl. Okay, okay. I, I can break this movie up into three parts. The first part you realize Dracula's not a bad guy. He turns a dog and then he's like, well, I you know I I can't do that. You can keep your dog. And then he, when we start moving into, I mean, the stuff with the Russian soldiers, yay, that was kind of cool. And the stuff with the family. And I just, what I don't understand is why would you take a, you know, young puppies on a camping trip? A <laughs> little baby, you, man. You, I, I know they were babies, but, you know, you no, they should have left them at home and let the parks take care of them. But, you know, like I said, Dracula, it's kind, gentle, dog-loving Dracula. I was all about this. Because I caught, this is, uh, you know, I caught this on TCM and I DVR'd it. And I got to about the time they went camping before something went wrong with the recording. And I just really couldn't, honestly, I kind of forgot about it. And uh, the guy who was Dracula's servant, Reggie Nalder, who had, has got that amazing, craggy face. He was also Barlow in the 1978 version of Salem's Lot. He's got, like, the perfect skeletal vampire face. Oh, nice. Nice connection. Um, And then, you know, it's like, you know, he's like, go, Zoltan, make them all immortal. You know, who, who, you know where was this dog when I wanted Daggy to be immortal? I don't care. He, he might be a little psychotic. That's okay. We'll deal with it. Oh, man. <laughs> but, yeah, when the, the very end is, is, is incredibly sad. And there is, I do have a few little flaws with this. I just want to know how he can be the only ancestor left, and he's got two kids. Did they adopt? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'd imagine that would have been a question like, yeah, does the sperm work? I guess it does, you know? That's, uh, yeah, but those... I was like watching this, like, dude's got kids. How is he the last known ancestor? Well, you know, they didn't really dive too far into plot in this movie, Sue, as far as that goes, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, the plot was thin. It was it, it was a good watch, though. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed watching the immortal dogs. I mean... Until well, they stake the dogs. Yeah. Spoilers. When I, say it, when I say it was sad, the third act is sad. Now, the very end is <laughs> hilarious. 
Oh, God, yes. You lag your ass off at the very end, you know. Oh, I know. I was waiting for that because you just knew that was going to happen. It's like, where's the little puppy? Where's the little puppy? There he is. You know. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) No, that's pretty much what I did. I'm like, come on, come on, give it to me, give it to me. And if I find the right dog that meets the right criteria, I will name him Zoltan. Yeah. I don't know if some idiot's going to go, Zohan? I'm like, no, Zoltan. Zoltan. You know, Hound of Dracula? Zoltan? Man. But yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's on, not sorry. super great, but it's 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 entertaining. I I enjoyed it. It's just the that third act is just, you know, seeing the poor steak dogs. Because, you know, sorry, it's a Dracula movie. Stakings are going to happen. Yeah. But, you know, you get, you get the whole... Let me, let me tell you how this movie starts. you ever seen Zoltan, Dracula's dog, before? It's it's an amazingly great but terrible film. It, it, it really is, as far as, like, this is stuff I can tolerate, but I wouldn't show it to, like, say, hey, connoisseur of cinema, you're really going to love Dracula's dog, you know? Um, it starts out with the, the Russians unearthing the tomb, which you find out is is a, is, is, is uh, it's a, it's a, it's a it's cloaked it's cloaked it's cloaked the body it has, it has a giant stake through it. So one guy, I guess, because he decides this might be a good idea to pull this stake out. Which is always a good idea, isn't it? It's always a good idea because what happened next is fucking hilarious. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> he, he bites him, I guess, to make him his ghoul because Zoltan comes back to life again. The dog is in the coffin. Because, you know, the, our, 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 our count is a, a, a great dog owner. A, this film, is, this film is, is, is all about a dog's loyalty to his master. What's wrong with that? There ain't nothing wrong with that, you know? Dracula wanted to make sure that his dog stayed. Well, so, yeah. Happens, it, what happens next is hilarious, though, because he pulls this dog, I guess with the, the strength thing. of Hercules, pulls the, fucking, <laughs> pulls the goddamn coffin out of the tube of the count, it pulls the stake out of the count, and the count, of course, is alive now. But he doesn't need to like feed or anything, which is, I think, is the only flaw no, in this movie. He's, he's not the count; he's the like the servant. He's oh, yeah, kind of the okay. ghoul, the ghoul, the ghoul looking for the master. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense now. That makes total sense now that he's that he doesn't need to feed him. He's just the ghoul. But he pulls this fucking coffin, this this dog <laughs> with the strength of Hercules, out of the fucking wall just to say, okay. Let's go to America and find my new daddy, you know, and, you know, and then you get the whole thing where the guy's a family man and they're going to go camping with these dogs. He to bring the dogs, yada, yada, yada. Of course you need to bring the dogs because then you wouldn't have a plot to, to this movie about about Dracula dogs. I have to say Dracula at least once or four times for Jamie because she's <laughs> not here. But um, these Dracula dogs in question are, are created by <clears throat> Zoltan by basically... Him terrifying this camper. Now you think after like the first major dog attack that you would say, "Okay, kids, time to pack it up and go." But you know these are white people, and you wouldn't have a movie otherwise. Dumb no, white they, people. They leave their windows open and shit. Like it's like, ah, feel the nice breeze. There's no way these dogs will attack you with my head sticking out of the window. No, you're dumb white people. And eventually they take their dogs. And there's a scene in the film where. where you know, for for a split second, the Zoltan's in the box with this little dog, the little little puppy. He's very very adorable. And then he kills the dog, 
And then he buries the dog, and the dog comes back to life, and you're like, yay, I don't feel so sad anymore, because the puppy's alive, you know, digging his little way out of the ground. And, uh, and then you get to the third act of this film, <clears throat> which is when the doctor shows up, and it's, it's almost like a siege thing. They're, they're, they're in the house, Zoltan's on the roof, tearing the roof up, he's got his... his his dog subordinates running the round, which used to be their dogs, but now they're they're hounds of Dracula now. They're hounds of Dracula, uh, hounds of Zoltan, who's just running and attacking people. Then you get to the scene that we were talking about that makes us really sad. Is a scene, especially the scene where I forget what was what was his dog's name that that he begged oh, to get in the car with him. Annie and Samson. He, he begs Samson to get in the car with him, not knowing that he was a Dracula dog. You know this by the eyes glowing. Much, much like in How to uh, in Devil Dog, you see by the green eyes, but these ones, the eyes just like, it's a really cheap effect. I'm sure they just put some light in the dog's eyes and they, they, they lit up like they do, which is fine, but that's how you know that it's a, it's a Dracula dog. But the, when he finds he's a Dracula dog, he has to come to the decision to say, okay, now I have to kill my dog. And he does. And you get real sad that he has to kill his own dog. You know? Because there's no other, there's no that there's no other end game, except for killing Zoltan himself would have ended all this. This is my only argument with the film. You didn't have to kill your dogs. Could have got out, go look for that fucking black beast, and <laughs> who dies in a hilarious way? He oh, dies God. in a hilarious way. I don't want to give it away, but there's a thing to to where this uh, Dracula's descendant is wearing a cross the whole time, and it doesn't burn him. By the way. He just wears it all the time. And he just reveals it like, hey, look at what I got here again. This silver cross you're so afraid of. And Zoltan's on a cliff, mind you, and something hilarious happens that I do not want to give away, but <laughs> it's fucking funny. It really is. <laughs> it's the least... It, I don't know. It, 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 was, it was just fucking weird. And it's, and it's so convenient the way, <laughs> the way it happens, the way the, that folds out, but you wouldn't have had to kill your dog, buddy, if you would have fucking went and found the Zoltan. But then again, with the reveal at the end of the film, which I'll, I'll give that away, why it's so funny. It's almost like comic relief at this point, because all these dogs got on-screen staked. It's not like, hey, there's a stake and a dog. No, they, they show the insertion of the stake, and that's what hurts so bad. Yeah, and, I, and tur- I turned my head during a lot of that. And then there's another another part where they show, like, disem- disembodied dogs, and I didn't need to see that in this movie. So if I had one flaw for for Zoltan, Hound, Dracula's dog, I, I I choose that that they didn't need to show me a decapitated dog all ble- ble- bleed it out and stuff on screen. I didn't need to see that. I I got it to to when you stake the dog. So I was fine with that. Uh but hilarious ending. It's <laughs> like, hey, where's this little puppy that that's also a Dracula dog? He shows up at the end like. A, Oh, I, I started up. laughing my ass off. So after all that death and devastation, you had this little puppet puppy dog. Ah! It's, just so, <laughs> it's just so funny. You can't stop laughing at it. So it's almost like you're crestfallen, but you're brought up again with that stinger ending that was so dumb, but so fucking enjoyable because of what just happened in, in this movie. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Oh my god, I'm still laughing about that right now. Uh, but it's real good. I I, I I think it's real dumb, but it's really fucking enjoyable. So I'm going to kick it to Suzanne. 
Anything else you'd like to say about the Dracula's dog? And uh, I, or does she just, give it one to ten? Like I said, it's just that that third act is really rough. But the first two acts and the very end of the movie kind of make it worthwhile. I mean, don't go in here looking for, you know, cinematic gold. And no, this is like a midnight, I can't sleep. I'm, I've got a couple of beers in me. I want to have some fun. Watch like Dracula's it, dog. It's like, dog. It's like Shakma. <laughs> you know, they got a lot out of these dog actors. They got a lot of, a lot out of their baboon in Shakma. T- Typhoon the baboon is probably buried six feet under by now, but, uh. He was a phenomenal ape actor in, in Chakma, and these dogs were phenomenal dog actors. Oh, yes, they were. Like I said, if, 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 I, if I end up adopting another dog and he fits the profile, I will name him Zoltan. He's very imposing, Zoltan. I could see why somebody would be afraid of him. You know. Oh, he was gorgeous. He definitely looked like he was a lot of Doberman. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, just that big, muscular, wait, he wait. was a gorgeous dog. And the, when, the you shepherd, say, when you say a lot of Doberman, I think about Cheech and Chong up in smoke. It's like, oh, this is good. What kind of weed is this? Oh, I think there's some Doberman in there or something. Doberman? <laughs> it's like, yeah, my dog shit my stash and I had to follow him around. I ate my stash. I had to follow him around for three days to get it back, you know. Oh, God, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's... Like I said, not great. I'm I'm at like a, a seven, six and a half, seven. Oh, man. I, I gotta give this two rings. It's easily this is easily a film we could do on two drink or NFW where Willis will just die laughing. So w- w- with a group, I, I think it's a good eight point five, but a film itself it's a seven. So Yeah, that makes much that that makes perfect sense. With, with a group, this would be nuts. So if you if you want Zoltan, Dracula's dog. Message me and I can give it to you because this isn't this isn't a film that's like crazy available. I think it had like one release that Anchor Bay released a long time ago. Um, I still is... found a few copies on Amazon. Okay, well, it's there too. Sorry, I was mistaken. No, I mean there's there's a few copies. I'm not sure. I can't remember. There was like a DVD. There's I don't know, but like I said, and they weren't cheap. It has to be heavily out of print. Yeah, and they had a couple of posters too. If you're interested, yeah, those posters, the posters for the silver is phenomenal. I love it. Oh, I know. I missed. I missed the poster art for bad movies because the poster art was like some in a lot of cases better than the movie. I have to see if there's any uh, any um, did you knows? Okay. <laughs> oh, the Winnebago was the most expensive prop in the film. Yeah, no shit. This oh, is yeah. done on a budget. You know. Tagline for this film was, there's more to the legend than meets, dot, 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 the throat. As in Zoltan goes for the jugular, you know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Zoltan is a common name for a dog in Europe, just as Fido was a name for a dog in America. So there's that. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, yeah, Zoltan means, I, I think, in Arabic, a sultan. Nice. He's like a king dog. See, that's awesome. But uh, I'm gonna end that here, and uh, when we come back, I can't wait to talk about this fucking movie. I wish I wish Iris was here and Jamie was here, but they they cannot be. So uh, we're gonna talk about it anyway. Uh, the 1978 TV film starring Richard Crenna and Kim Richards and that other mopey kid from Escape from Witch Mountain, Ike and Ike so, Ike, uh, so, Ike Eisenman or something, something like that. We're talking about Devil Dog, Hound of Hell, right after this. 
Hey, Andrew. Hey, Maddie. Do you like horror movies? I sure do. Well, did you know that most horror movies are inspired by real-life horror? Really? Like what? Well, take The Shining, for instance. That's based on Stephen King's real-life addictions. Or The Purge, which could be our country any minute now. Oh, and The Strangers, which is based on a real-life murder. People should be talking about these things. Hey, Guys. Oh, oh, hey, Producer, producer Michael. Michael, hi. Oh, well, I hate to break it to you, but somebody already is. It's you. <gasps> That's right. We are Friday the 13th, the podcast where we talk about horror in real life and horror in media, all from an LGBTQ perspective. Because we gay, y'all. We are proud members of the Legion Podcast Network, and we can be found on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Come along with us on this crazy journey, and as always, get slayed. Meet Mike and Betty, the average American couple with two kids and Lucky, the family dog. Only one thing is wrong. Some evil power has moved into my house. It's taken over my wife and my children. It's a Halloween you'll never forget. Devil Dog, the Hound of Hell, Tuesday at 9, 8 Central and Mountain, right after the paper chase. Devil Dog, the Hound of Hell, uh, from 1978, is your cheapo plot synopsis. It's real short, people. The dog that is the minion of Satan terrorizes a suburban family. I mentioned the cast earlier. Uh, Richard Crenna is, is your, your titular father in this film. Uh, Yvette Mimieux is uh, the mother. Mimieux. Mimieux. Uh, Kim, not Cal Richards, uh, is the, the young daughter. Ike Eisenman. That's a nice Jewish boy, huh? And Charlie Berry is uh, the brother. And there's, there's some other folks in this movie. R.G. Armstrong shows up for, for not very long, <clears throat> which is a shame. But you get some good devil worshipping in the beginning of this movie. Uh, is this is this the guy from... Uh, I'm going to look right now. Sorry for the delay here, people. So I'm going to keep this party going here, though. Oh, yes. Damn it, damn it, damn it, damn it, damn it. What guy from what? Uh, I thought this was somebody else. I thought that was Chief O'Hara from um, the Batman series, but it is not him. But he uh, he starts with some comedy stuff. The dog, the guy who plays the dog breeder in the film. Ah, uh. J- Jerry. Uh, no, Bill Zuckert is the guy that yeah, that guy that that sells uh, poor poor uh, poor lady into the Church of Satan. Poor motherfucker. You know I can't stand that shit. You know. Uh, <laughs> um, Suzanne, uh, I'll ask you because we're the only two people that are here. Yeah. What your thoughts are on the devil dog, the hound? <laughs> He's the devil dog. The devil dog. And there is like a snack called devil dogs. Remember devil dogs? Yes, they still have those somewhere, I think. Are those like chocolate-covered Twinkies or those like chocodiles? That's the difference, right? That was like chocolate cake rolled up with this like super awesome stuff in the middle. Oh, okay. Okay, now now I need to go find some devil dogs. That sounds like diabetes. Oh, devil, it, you know? it, it is it is the diabetes in a roll of cake. Okay. <laughs> I I grew up on this movie. I it was on a lot in on the weekend afternoons. So I've seen this more times than I can count. And our movie kind of starts off with that. These ultra rich people drop five grand on a proven breeding dog, and then pretty much uh Invite Satan's dog to come have sex with it. Oh yeah, plow! Get 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 it in there too. Oh yeah, and the way that the barn doors were shaken, that the, oh, yeah. the barn doors were shaken, don't come knocking. That, that, <laughs> dog, that dog was pinned down and wasn't ready to present itself. So, 
I'm talking to you, Me Too movie people. This dog was not was not consensual. He didn't want Satan seed in it, you know. Yeah, but seventy Satan has always been my favorite of the Satans. I just it like I said in this, it's in the form of a dog. So fast forward, we've got all these puppies, and you know we're kind of introduced to mom and dad, and you know once again Richard Crenna playing Richard Crenna doing the Richard Crenna thing because he was huge in the seventies and maybe early 80s he was in everything and as they're driving home they find that their dog got hit by a car and you know they're good neighbor instead of you know moving dog out of road it is kind of horseshit what he does i know know, and i'm like what did it, it, fuck who did this? You could have maybe saved Skipper. He says, "I don't want. I don't want the kids to see it." But it's fucking laying there right in the road. I mean, so so stiff, like it's been there for a while. It was, yeah, it was I like know. A, like it's like a damn accident. <laughs> that dog had been in the road for a while. Yeah, and you know, it's 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 little girl's birthday, and you know, no one's sad. She canceled her party. But then, oh, my God, this man comes selling fruit and, well, he's got puppies, lots of cute puppies. And all of a sudden, you know, I don't want another dog becomes, can I have him? Yeah. Devil dog, Devil dog is adorable as a puppy. I'm not going to lie to you. Oh, yeah. Well, Devil dog's dog is adorable as a grown dog, too. Oh, he was a beautiful dog. And then, you know, it's obviously a year has progressed and the kids start acting a little different. You know, um, Devil Dog is Lucky, by the way. That's his name. Yeah, his name is Lucky. And it's really funny. My friends had a German shopper named Lucky. So they start acting a little weird, getting a little little nasty. You know, the son is suspected of planting a stolen watch on this kid that he was running against for class president or some bullshit high school thing. And he wins, and little girl's just turning into a flaming bitch. Yeah, she is. And then, you know, it's like one night when everybody's gone, Devil Dog gets mom on his side. Yep. And this is where all the fun and games begin, because all of a sudden Richard Krenn is realizing something is terribly wrong with his family. Does it so well, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then when the the school, I don't know, is he a teacher or a principal and starts... Something like that. Yeah, discussing the, you know, things that have been going. This is where we find out about him winning the election because the kid had a stolen watch on him and the horrible things the daughter's doing and saying. And the wife is just totally writing this off. Oh, so what? It's, you know, it doesn't matter. And then, you know, Devil Dog is driving the next door neighbor's dog, the one who went trained to chase after the person that hit Skipper, driving his dog nuts and ends up killing the dog. Of course, there's no proof and nothing can be done. And the wife is like, no, we're never talking to that person again. He has caused us nothing but problems. I'm like, wow, Devil Dog is strong because you just don't even give a fuck anymore. And then with the guy that from the school that came over to talk to them about the kids, yeah, funny she goes shit, over funny, and seduces them. And seduces funny, them. Funny shit ever, right there. That's <laughs> oh yeah, I know. There's, she's not even ashamed. There's there, there should be more dogs with fluffy headdresses and horns than film, just to make me laugh some more. You know. Oh, I know. I love the feather headdress on the dog. 
It looks like he was wearing a boa. Just hanging out. You know? I know, it did. I, 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 just, I love that image of Devil Dog. It's so great. And once again, with Devil Dog, more people start dying. And you know, husband's starting to get a little concerned. Then he catches that bit on the news about, you know, the dog. The woman next door after this guy went nuts and shot a bunch of people. It was the dog. The dog next door. The it's very dog son of Sam. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's very son of Sam. Very son of Sam. So, of course, dad has to go hit the occult bookstore and, like, you know, crazy white lady with a really high-pitched voice. Yes. I really wish I could help. Oh, wait. Maybe I can. Hell yeah. <laughs> this is before Poltergeist people, so. Oh, yeah. Squeaky, squeaky voice uh, is a full effect there, you know. Oh, and then he takes that magical trip to, where was it? Fucking South America? Something. The guy didn't even, he looked like an old hippie. This, 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 this shaman or whatever that gave his, his Richard Ramirez tattoo on his hand, you know? Oh, yeah, I know. And the funniest thing, he's in his uh, cab looking at this painting on a mountain that looks like two kids spray painted it on. Yeah. Uh, and, and he's like, oh, yeah, my grandpa. We'll go see my grandpa. My grandpa can tell you everything you need to know, even though the people that did this were have been dead for thousands of years. My grandfather knows everything about this. I'm like, you know, maybe after an hour or two, you should have thrown that into conversation. He's read the ancient texts called the walking, uh, the walking, uh, oh, what's the book for here? <laughs> the walking exposition gazette. He read all the ancient texts in there. <laughs> and, uh, just to say, hey, this is what's going to happen next. We're going to turn your hand to a magical one so you can go stop a devil dog. You know. <laughs> but, oh, we, we skipped over one of the funniest scenes in the movie. What's when that? he, oh, before he goes and sees, you know, Magic Lady, and he hears the chanting in the attic. That's, he, clear, that's clearly, I'm going to get into this, clearly something going on out there, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's chanting. And he goes up, and there's that, of course, a pentagram and this, this painting that's covered up. I'm like, don't do that, Dad. No, don't do it. And he goes, what is this? So, yeah, we have this funny scene, and you can see where the dog was sitting. And they're all just like looking so prim and proper. Oh yeah, it was it was just it, the the scene is hilarious. It absolutely is. When you were when I was eight, it was a little creepy. Now that I'm not eight, this is funny as hell. It's very funny. And then you know, hey, we go into the epic showdown when he gets back from South America. Yeah. I cannot remember where he was. South America, New Mexico, uh, you know. Something like that. South America, Southern California. Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> it all looks the same to me. It all, it all does. <laughs> but yeah, we have just this epic showdown with, you know, boa-wearing devil dog. Nice. Love the, bo- love like, the boa. Oh, yeah. But you have to admit, that the, the ending is just a little anticlimactic. Well, it ends the same way that that, that Zoltan does, you know, throwing, hey, the family is all as well. But you think that, you know, usually when that happens, and you kill whatever's, like, possessing whatever, they they would forget all the nasty stuff they have done while possessed by the devil dog. But they remember everything, saying, is it all over? But by the way, Dad, that, that, that letter had ten puppies, and how the fuck would you know, Junior? 
But that, that I think R.G. Armstrong maybe had like three of those puppies in the truck when, you, when he pulled up. You yeah. Know? Did you count them, you stupid fucking kid? Oh, man. Let's let's get into the subtext of this film and what I think is really going on. <laughs> <'Cause, you> know, <laughs> this is the, what I've been waiting for. The beginning of this film, you know, this poor dog, poor poor, poor lady, our, 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 yeah. our German Shepherd is... Is pinned down. Oh yeah, lady. Wait, waiting for for the devil dog from from hell itself to come and plow her. You know this because you see a giant imposing dog shadow walking by, and they they open the big barn doors and come come plow, lady. And lady makes these puppies. Well, <clears throat> this all starts with sex, and I think it continues with sex too, because I don't think that this dog is is like saying glamoring these kids and, and the wife I think especially with the wife if you see the wife she's one way in the next next like scene she's wearing like nightgowns and she's like shimmering her hair and you know saying look how beautiful I look now now that I'm liberated and probably raped by the devil dog but by, <laughs> by, by, by lucky because I think especially in the act scene we're talking about oh dad what's going on they have all these fucking candles that were clearly burning for a long time and I think that they were getting plowed by the devil dog upstairs having a giant, like, blood orgy or something. Red Rocket, Red Rocket. Red Rocket. The, 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 the devil's dogs, the, that, that dick is extra red. It's a, it's a devil dog, you know. So I I think that that, that his Satanism in his family is sexually transmitted in a, in a strange way. But <laughs> you can't show this in a movie because much like all the off-screen the off deaths, is really the only detriment to this film. Is that it is a '70s um, TV movie, so all, most of the deaths that you hear about and see are off-screen. You never see the the, the dog, you know, any, maul anybody or do anything. One of the best things about this movie is when he tries to glamour Richard Crenna to put in his 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 hand in a lawnmower, and he's it's like a long, like overly long scene. But he oh keeps God, like yeah, it is clenching his fists like I'm gonna fight it, I'm gonna fight it. He has no idea at this point what the fuck is going on with this dog. Just the fact that this dog is having some kind... It's almost like a Shatner scene. This dog is having some kind of power over me. Maybe if I close my fist, I'll get stronger. But yeah, yeah. The devil dog. <laughs> Lucky. Lucky, you sick fuck. Just, just plowing this fucking family. If he, if he, if he was plowing the whole neighborhood, he can, he can be making a whole lot of devil dogs. You know? And a lot of devil disciples. But I think that's a missed opportunity for our friend Lucky. Because once, once he was set loose on this family, he just got kind of ignored by his satanic masters. And they never showed him the way to properly plow families and move on <laughs> to the next family. Making more and more devil disciples. I'm a sick man and I'm aware of this. But, you know, <laughs> mom just seems a little too liberated for me to believe otherwise. It's like, yeah, this, that, and the other. I work in a prison and I help people with art projects that make, to make them feel better yada 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 it's like no mom's like letting her hair down saying i quit that job there's nothing but depression in there you know why because the only job of my life is getting plowed by lucky <laughs> but i'm not gonna say i'm getting plowed by lucky but i'd imagine they're having some kind of weird dog orgies upstairs though while yeah. dad's away because they're just they're just always around each other and dad doesn't want to join the reindeer games i don't think he was ever invited you know but uh at the end of the day, <laughs> Devil Dog Hell from Hell is um, it's an omen ripoff basically, to where they take this dog into their home. Yeah, you know, he he glamours the kids, he glamours the wife, 
probably with his penis, not in the script, <laughs> but <laughs> I gotta stop. <laughs> and you have, you know, you have all those Z's. Like Richard Credit goes to a foreign country to find out how to defeat the beast, and they do they do that in the Omen, they do that in Exorcist, they do that in all these satanic movies. It just fits in the era that it's in, and it, it fits it so well because it's so wonderfully cheesy and so wonderfully executed, even for a TV movie. I mean, like I said, they have a, lot, a lot of off-screen deaths, but it doesn't bother me in a film like this. Because it's just, it's just all on screen, and it's it's hilarious. Yeah, even when Skipper was laying on the road, you could see him breathing. Yes. When he picked him up, it was like a taxidermy dog. Like, hey, they probably bought this at Pier 1 or something, this this dog that is hilariously laying down, you know. It's like, I don't have a dog. But, yeah, and, it's like, and when they showed uh, the dog next door, Prince, you know, it's like, it looked like a bunch of pillows under the shades. Yeah. But, it, yeah... It doesn't have dogs getting staked in this film, so that raises it at least a couple more points, I think, in my opinion. But uh, Devil Dog, Hound from Hell, Hound of Hell, whatever it's called, um, good time, man. You got a lot of the actors, and you got a lot of your a lot of your dog actor as well. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, L- Lucky was a good dog. He was a real good dog. Uh, <laughs> I'll kick it to Suzanne again and ask her anything else she'd like to say about Devil Dog. Sperm of Satan, Hound of Hell. Uh, oh, like this was. I grew up watching this movie. Like I said, it was on a lot on the on weekend afternoons when I was a kid. I watched it a ton. I forgot to mention one of my favorite scenes, and it's kind of the reason I, whenever I can see this movie, I'll go back to it. Is when you know he's like, well, if you're if if, if you're blessed or if you're chosen, you can hold the mirror up to a sleeping person's oh, face and see funny. the true state of their soul. So funny. And this is so classic Richard yeah, it's, it's, it's just It's just like the omen where he's looking yeah. for the numbers on his head, you know? Oh, yeah, definitely. I never even thought about it that way before. But, yeah, just like I said, it's a classic Richard Crudden. And you can just see all of the emotions going back and forth on his face when he sees the state that his daughter's soul is in. Yeah. But this, is, I'm definitely going to add a few more, a lot more to this with just a, you know, it's it's a nostalgia thing for me. Like I said, it was, it, it was always a staple of mine. So is it a perfect movie? No. I think it is. I think it's awesome. <laughs> is it a <laughs> fucking blast? Yes. And you see some really pretty dogs. So I'm going to give this a nine. Cool. Um, yeah, first I ever saw this. Uh, this, t- to, be, to be frank, I was I, I mentioned on the show before this th- that I was a bitch about going into the video store because of all the horror stuff in there. This was one of the posters that scared me the most in the, in the video store, my, my, my first initial walkthrough was the Devil Dog poster, because I, I forget what the the box art looked like, but this was one that came to VHS, and I remember the poster very vividly and scaring me very bad. So I didn't see this for a long time. I seen this when it came on Sven probably for the first time, which if you watch Sven I know he's syndicated now. If you're one of those people that bitches about what he programs, you shouldn't be watching the show, because you have nothing to bitch about. There's another beef for you. I'm going to throw it out there, though. <laughs> those people out there and they're they're annoying as fuck. I was like, hey, you want me? What I'm bitched about that he played uh, Abbott and Costello meets Frankenstein. I was like, hey, have you watched the show? It's like the perfect movie for his show. Are you, are you stupid or something? You know, it's just no. Oh, I watched Dumb this. A, I watched that at a party 
last weekend. I'm gonna say you you've watched Fengoolie. It's it's like the perfect movie for his show. Absolutely. You know? Anyway, D- Devil Dog. Uh, it's 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 uh one scene that I forgot to mention was there's the scene where he's gonna take the dog out of the desert and shoot him, but of course the the, the bullets don't work because he just sits there like yeah <laughs> what next. But the, 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 the scene very before, before he's going to put him in the back of the station wagon, the kids are like standing like he doesn't own his own home saying, you leave me, you don't come back here, fuck, fuck, fuck. They'll say fuck, you know, but basically they're saying, dad, you're stupid, you're not allowed back in the house. It's like, yeah, I'm just going to come home and go back into my home and maybe I'll slap you around because it's 1978, you know. <laughs> Grabbing a fucking smart mouth, you little bitch, Kim Richards, you know. <laughs> I don't know if he was that kind of dad, you know, but I wouldn't have done it myself. But I'd imagine, you know, that that'd be a girl who not come back to my own home, you little son of a bitch. Whap! Who's paying the mortgage again, you little bitch? I'm just, <laughs> I'm just checking, you know. I have doctor. I think he's a doctor. Do- doctor Richard Crenna in this movie, you know. I think I'm paying the bills because mom's gotta gotta buy all those nightgowns to look fabulous, and you know. You vet me, mew. Yvette Mimu, yes, indeed. Um, <clears throat> I was trying to go all Duncan there, trying to pronounce the name correctly, but do it very badly. Um, fun, fun fucking movie. It holds up in every sense of the word. Wonderfully cheesy, as we learn from my diatribe, unintentionally perverted, because <laughs> it is. It is, man. That dog is plowing that mom, for sure. Uh, oh, God, I'm never going to be able to watch this the same again. <laughs> It's a nine, though. I agree with Suzanne. It's 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 fun. There's, there's, it, it it sets out to do precisely what it does, and it's executed so well. So it's a nine out of ten. I'll leave it at that, and uh, we'll come back and we'll close out the show. Hey, did you guys ever notice that podcasts talk about the same movies over and over again? Yeah, as much as I love Friday Thirteenth, I don't need another show telling me how good it is. Exactly. Same thing goes for Halloween. It's a great movie, but come on, there's other stuff out there. There should be a show that highlights movies that everyone else seems to skip over. Like, oh, I always wanted to talk about Absentia. And I want someone to cover the room. The Skeleton Key's a good one. Then let's just do one. We can call it The ABCs of Hidden Horror. And we'll go through the alphabet talking about our favorite horror flicks that get ignored. Great idea! I know what my first one's gonna be. Join Brian, Dave, and me, Jamie, for the ABCs of Hidden Horror on the Horrorphilia Network, where we might discuss some of your neglected favorites or introduce you to something new. Hey, Paul, what I was thinking is that we need to cut a promo. Yeah, I've been working on some ideas. It's just I don't really know where to go with it exactly. What if I got like a filter where we could just kind of talk normally and we can have kind of a script, but then yes. I can I can like filter it so that one of us will have one kind of voice and then one will have the other. I want to put my request. Make me as Freddy Krueger. Can you do that? Maybe instead of the voices, what if we tried to like write a skit, develop a whole thing, and we have a backstory? And but well, I don't know. That might be kind of too long. So well, like screeching cars and explosions and fireworks and yeah, and, yeah. Well, what about I ins- like it. Maybe instead of you know doing a filter, we could just like reach out to Robert England himself, and maybe Ooh. he can you know just record a promo for us sometime. Do you think? I, I mean, I, we might have to like raise some money. We can do a Kickstarter, and we could just throw it out to like Robert England and you know sure, just sure. just all kinds of actors and and I think people will do that. I think. Sure. 
Why not? Well, you know what? I don't know. Maybe we're overthinking this whole thing. How about if we just tell people where to find us? I like that. You can find us at Who Will Survive on iTunes, Stitcher, on the Legion Podcast Network, and on the Raw Live and Unedited Podcasting Network. Also on Facebook and Instagram under the same name. Oh, wait. Can we do it? underwater uh, with that, piranhas killing me that would kind of be brutal and if that doesn't work then you can do the regular promo all right well just get in the water and i'll go get some fish all right cool all right folks uh happy halloween to to all of you hope you guys stay safe out there i'm sure most of you guys did all your partying this past weekend so hopefully you guys didn't make any bad decisions or if you did hopefully they're, they're memorable ones uh, th- 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 this will be fun. <laughs> I had some people. I asked some people that could send us some 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 possible uh, confessions to Halloween confessions, but nobody did. So a, a, pe- a pox to you, lazy people out there who didn't want to do that. But um, <laughs> I should ask you, Suzanne, do you have any insane, uh, p- possible, embarrassing Halloween story that you would like to share with the audience? Oh God. <laughs> That, that you can recall, because you know, it usually involves alcohol, and I realize that. And people tend to forget things like the story I'll tell when you're done, if you got one for to, to tell, you know. Oh, God. Well, I mean, it's kind of sad. The past few years, Pat's always been gone, so I don't really do anything other than sit at home. But in my younger years, like pre-drinking age years. Those are the good years right there, see? Oh, that's, that's yeah. The, that's, that's the butter zone there, you know. Um, you know, high school Halloween party, you know, we knew somebody, we were partying at his house and this, these girls came to the party. I mean, I knew him from school, but they were like the, the, the kind of snobby girls mm. and it, this didn't happen to me, but the snobby girls decided they had brought a bottle of Southern comfort and orange juice. They're trying to hit that shit, huh? Yeah, and the snobbiest of the three, oh, she just started pounding it, and me and a couple of, you know, us normie people were just watching it. I'm, like, looking at my, you know, elbowing my friend Amy. is like, she's going to fucking spew. Mm. And, uh, and like I said, it was a big bottle of Southern. And Southern is really sweet, and whiskey and orange juice, not the greatest combo. Because, you know, they they pass the glass around. Everybody says, hey, you want to try? So I did, and I'm like, yeah, that's never going to go in my mouth again. <laughs> <laughs> but watching her, it was like watching a slow eruption of a volcano. Because it just, all of a sudden, she just was, you, you know, when people get like that little, that, that little neck movement. Oh, the little, the little, <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> You and can't see it, but you get it, yes. So I, I take about 10 steps back, and you know, a lot of us, we're just sitting and watching. And just slow little shoots of vomit come spraying out of her fingers. Oh, God. And, I mean, it is just, it's just all the big finale. And it, she, I, I don't know why she didn't go put her head down, but no. She stuck her head straight up in the air and just for the final explosion. And her friends are trying to be consoling and patting her on the back. It's like, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. Instead of, you know, one of the dumb dr- drunk bitches 
trying to get her into a bathroom. No, they're just, it's sitting there next to her, seeing what's happening. And like I said, it was just shot like two feet into the air and doused all three of them. (laughs) And my friend Amy and I, I, I had to sit down. I was just, like I said, I was a lightweight at this point. I had like two Milwaukee beasts and I was buzzed. Mm. And we are just laughing. And the fucked up that nobody said a word about it. It was like business as usual. Somebody got a towel, put it down, and they went away. Yeah. Uh, insert next set of drunk girls, I guess. And that was that, not me that night. That girl's dancing by herself way too early in the evening, I think, Tara. She's like, you know. <laughs> but it was so fucking funny. Oh, my God. And their names were Joy, Jen, and Andrea, I think. Oh, her name don't fit the name scheme. It doesn't work, you know. That That's the girl that thinks that fetch is going to happen right there. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's hear your disgraceful story. Oh, no. It, it actually happened to me, so mine's more disgraceful. Oh, no. wow. These, these, my buddy, the, the first one you ever heard of this podcast ever, Rico, he, he used to have a, he used to ha- hang out at his mom's house who lived in, uh, lived in Cherville, Indiana, which is the, not far from like Hobart and you know, over there where, where, where Maddie's from, from Friday the 13th. And, uh, it, his house was great because his mom worked for Entenmann's. So she would bring like trunk fulls of cakes and, and donuts home. <laughs> And she went to Sam's Club quite a bit, so this is back in my vampire and, and uh and pot smoking days to where we would go to like like those with those douchebags who would go to like the, the 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 purple steer diner and just drink coffee for like four hours and, and leave a menial tip because we're assholes. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well you're the reason why they add that twenty five percent to your bill, people. Assholes like us, you know. Because we're poor, we can leave for coffee, you know. This it's that left more room for beer and and weed and God whippets, God those are my twenties people, <laughs> whippets. Oh, yeah, but I was uh, hanging out at that house for like a holiday. This was a, a Halloween party, I think. I think it was either Halloween or a New Year's party. And uh, I, I back in the day, I could pound them. I, I had like a twenty pack of Heinekens, and then I was drinking like mixed drinks too, like the, the fucking tequila, the fucking fire water and shit. So, you know, me me being a person who's never thrown up before, did, did what I do at a party. I, I, I fell asleep on my friend's couch, my friend's mother's couch. And my, my, my friend's little sister, Monica, and her, her friend were sitting next to me. And they shook me for some reason. I'm one of those, I'm not a, I'm not a light sleeper. So something must have woke up in my brain. And I guess from their accounts, I threw up all over the fucking place. Because... <laughs> And I've never thought of it anywhere, even since. So when I wake up, I have none of my clothes on, I, I, except for my, my underwear, my socks. And I'm laying in his stepdad's computer room upstairs. I'm on the floor, mind you. Because somehow I guess I made it up there because they helped me up there, apparently. Because the reason why my clothes were gone because they threw up all of my fucking clothes, I guess. So... This is the reason why Gary doesn't drink at parties anymore, <laughs> or or drink heavily anymore, because uh, booze is bad, kids, in large quantities, unless you can handle yourself. I have other stories that I could divulge yeah. about what my friend Roger used to make something called Moroccan Punch, which is, uh, he used to get one of those big sports jugs and mix some sort of vodka with Everclear and, um, 
oh, what else was in there? Some sort of rum in, in blue Hawaiian punch and put it all in a sports cooler. So we were, we were just get, getting drunk on grain alcohol in his basement. I have many stories about that that I can't recall. I'm going to have to share my last super Sue drunk story. <laughs> okay, go for it. I don't have any left. <laughs> okay, and this was definitely not Halloween related. Um, Pat was out of town. We were supposed to go to on you know an excursion with a bunch of people from Christopher's, you know, my local bar. Mm-hmm. So Pat couldn't go, so I one of my friends gave me a ride over, and I'm like, and you know, scheduled a ride home. Well, I had like you know a beer before I left. Cool, going to the Sox game. It's gonna be fun. I'm sad Pat can't go. It's still gonna be fun. Did you get stabbed in the in the in the in the, the breezeway up there? What did you do, Dad? Oh no, that's it the was... stabby base. That's the stabby baseball park, as his aunt would say. You know, stabby. Stabby. Yes. So we, you know, I get to Christopher's and, you know, I've got, you know, we've got an hour and a half before the bus is going to be there anyway. So, you know, the, his beverage distributor got us, you know, a lot of the tickets and a bunch of swag and a bunch of beer to take on the bus with us. So Chris just starts handing out the beers. So I pound one, I pound two, pound three. Yeah. I hit about four. Okay, mind you, the bus will be here in an hour. I'm already mm-hmm. five beers in. There you go. So I have That's two or three more. And then we get on the bus where I proceed to have four or five more. Yeah. And one of my friends brought a little flask with Jameson because oh, Jameson's God. always a good idea. Oh, it's always a good decision for sure. So um, I've had about three, four shots of Jameson. I am still pounding beers like my entire life depends on this for sustenance. (laughs) By the time we get to the park, I've probably had about 14 or 15. And so I'm, you know, walking around with my friends and my friend apparently knows where the best beer hookup is. So, you know, he buys a bunch of beers. He hands me two. I'm like, oh, you want me to carry these? He's like, no, those are yours. So I'm like, calm, calm, cool. Calm down, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Holy shit. You know. <laughs> I've got two beers. So we go sit in our seats, watch a couple of innings. I pound those two beers. And, you know, they're tapping me on the shoulder. Hey, we're going to go get more beer. I'm like, yeah, let's go get more beer. <laughs> and like, oh, wait, we should smoke, too. So we run out to the one spot where you used to be able to smoke at the park, have a couple of beers, go hit the beer place on the way back. And I'm like, I should probably buy this round. Nope. Marty hands me two more beers. I'm like, yeah. So we said, I pound these two. It's the seventh inning. Uh, Oh, we got to go to the other bar because they don't serve after the seventh inning. No, they don't. But there's one bar that does. (laughs) So... We go down there, and then the Jaeger bombs start flowing. Oh, God. So um, I I am handed another beer and a Jaeger bomb. Like, yeah, okay. I really should start paying for some of these, but, hey, I'm not going to bitch right now. So I'm, I had another three, four beers, two Jaeger bombs, and then I lost everybody except for one dude. Hmm. And at least he's less drunk than me. Not by much, but a little less drunk. 
So I'm like, hey, where's the bus? Where'd everybody go? He's like, I know where it is. So we are wandering. I think we went out the furthest entrance away from the bus. And we had to walk all around the entire stadium. So we get back to the bus. And as I get on, they're handing me, hey, here, there's only a few left. Take these. So they hand me three. (laughs) I'm like, cool. What you're describing reminds me of the episode that they just redid with women because women go on It's Always Sunny where the, the gang was trying to break Wade Boggs' drinking record on the plane. And I, <laughs> <laughs> this is what this reminds me of. Yeah. Oh, God. Continue. I'm sorry. Oh, no. And then we, um, you know, I, I had like three, four beers on the bus. So apparently at this point, I'm slowing down. We get back to Christopher's and once again, rounds of beers and another shot of JMO. And I'm like, I'm fine. Yeah, more. And then Chris is like, yeah, I got to close it up for the night. And I'm like, yeah, I got to. Okay, I don't have a ride anymore. I shall, <laughs> I shall Uber. And the the sober person there is like, oh, we're going to head over to Eden's and have a few beers. You should go with us and then I'll give you a ride home. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds like fun. So we go to Eden's. I have, I proceed to have another three, four beers, a few more shots. And finally, it's like, you know, I'm really drunk. You, so, just, you, just, you just discovered that just then? <laughs> Apparently. I, was, I noticed I was, I was getting really, really chatty. And when I start drinking a lot, I, I will tend to get uh, chattery. And I will just start babbling. <laughs> I am the babbling Sue. Mm-hmm. So finally, I, I elbow my friend, my, the sober one. I'm like, you need to take me home. So I get home. And if do you remember the old house and like the three steps when you come in the side door? Yeah. Going up the back. Well, as I walked through the door, I like fell going up the stairs. <laughs> and managed to hit Daggy's water bowl, which now has spilled all over the kitchen. And that floor wet is like an ice skating rink. So I crawl up the stairs like I should watch out for that water. So I, compl- I slip, I launch air, and I'm flat on my back and soaking wet. So now I'm like, okay, I am super drunk. Um, I really want to throw up, but that's not going to happen. So I just start throwing my, taking my wet clothes off and throwing them all over the house. Mm-hmm. I wake like up. Like you a- do. Oh, yeah, like you do. I wake up about noon the next day, and I wish I was dead. (laughs) I could not move a muscle, and I'm like, my legs are bruised, my knees are all torn up from falling up the stairs. I'm like, what the fuck happened? It's kind of like you got attacked by a Dracula dog, right? Yeah, I got attacked attacked by Daggy's water bowl, and and the cats and Daggy are all like, Dude, we got, we, we, stay away. Everybody hid from, oh, and I was, I was just fucked up. <laughs> oh, God. I thought this was like a ghost story, like he threw up all over the bartender or something. Like, like, oh, no, like a, I, like a, I only, the, I, I don't really throw up. I just feel like, like absolute a, garbage. Like the, like, the, like Quentin Tarantino's story in Desperado. He's pissing all over the bar. He's pissing all over the phone. 
Oh, something versus some urination story or something in there. Something like that. To oh, no, you just got me, like, falling down trying to get in the house. That's funny. Better if you lost a tooth. I'm not ready for you to lose a tooth, but, you know. That happened to one of my friends. She got plowed before she went to a, I think it was a Cubs game, and she tripped on the sidewalk and knocked out her two front teeth. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm going to leave that here, man. I'm going to ask Suzanne what she got coming up. I'm sure it's uh, something NFW-related. Yeah, just today, the Salem's Lot epic was released, so give that a listen. We recorded Gargoyles last week. I think I even mentioned that last week. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that should be coming out very soon. And look for the Bloody Bits Halloween segment where Nudie and I cover Apartment 212 and Terrified. Nice. Uh, this show and the two drink minimum commentaries can both be found on legionpodcast.com. Um, Sloppy Seconds, the movie sequel podcast, I'm going to get back on board again with that real soon. Been a crazy month, I was telling Suzanne, as far as setbacks go, but I'm going to get that going again and send an episode up to Jason real soon. I'm going to add a new segment to that show that you guys may enjoy or may not enjoy. Much similar to the segment I'm going to add to this show in post. So uh, enjoy that as well. That can be found on Horophilia.com as well as the NFW commentaries, uh, video and audio shows <clears throat> for that. Uh, Fleas and Flicks charity auction coming at you very soon. They keep adding guests to Days of the Dead. I'm uh, looking forward to uh, getting in there and begging for some shit for the auction. So, uh, buying horror and I ain't working, right, people? Uh, <laughs> look for that. First weekend of December on a Facebook event page that I will set up very, very soon and uh, spread some love, show some items, go uh, check out Patrick K. Walsh's charity event. I, I'll say this, the day is long. Benefits the LBGT homeless in New York City. Homeless teens, I believe, is a... Uh, I think it's called, like, New Directions or something like that, the the organization that he's raising money for. I think he's almost to $1,000 at this point. He's, like, $774 or something. Uh, so if you guys could help bump that up in any way, $5, $2, whatever you got to donate to any, any little bit helps, people. So uh, go support that great cause as well. Uh, Twitter at GW, Twitter at SidBeefCast. Uh, what's coming up next? I have no idea, but... Um, yeah, we'll see. Um, got plans for, for November, so, uh, we'll see if those plans come into fruition. Um, that's the end of this one. Uh, thank you for listening to the Sim Beef Podcast, where if you've got beef, we've got the grinder. See you next time. Good night. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween.